Hey, and welcome to episode 29 of the Sunfire Tavern. It's our podcast for gamers and geeks where we talk about everything going on in the games industry, movies, and TV. Pull up a chair each week and join me, Clark, and my co-host, Ollie, as we discuss the hot topics from the last few days. And you can follow us on Twitter and... In, uh, Twitter? Twitter and... In, oh, I don't know what I'm saying. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern. Listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. And you can email us with your questions at sunfiretavern at gmail.com. We're also on uh, Google Podcasts as well. Hi, Ollie. Hey, what's up? How you doing, Clark? I nearly managed to get through the intro there. Yeah, nearly. nearly. I mean, you know, starting our new social media platform, Twitter. It's a splinter. Twinter, yeah. yeah, it's a splinter from Twitter. From Twitter. Please yeah. invest. Please invest. Yes, please, please. Uh, we'll yeah. start a Kickstarter. I promise it's not a scam. It's not Dreamworld. Uh, no, I promise. Well, nothing is. Nothing is Dreamworld. It's just none of us are good enough to be that title. Of course, of course. Right. Fun. Uh, Actually, you know what? Going back to us talking about Dreamworld the other day, I wa- I've watched a YouTube video. There's like some YouTubers who have made videos on this whole Dreamworld thing now. So, but it seems like you got in, you found it before uh, all these other people did, or at least yeah. The, yeah. Interesting. So I tend to go through Kickstarter every now and again uh, and look at the really early stuff. Yeah. Because some of it is just amazingly bad. Yeah. Like it's like people have drawn their game project on like a yogurt pot lid. And going like, this is what I want to make. Uh, please give me $50 million. And you're like, okay, none of that's going to happen. Mm. Um, but so this week, episode 29, we're, we're approaching 30 episodes of the Sunfire Tavern, which is pretty good. And oh, wow. uh, the agenda for this week is uh, obviously we're going to talk about what we've been playing, uh, watching, and all the other bits and pieces. Uh, Nintendo have been suing Bowser this week, so that's an interesting one. Mm. Uh, we're also going to talk about the Resident Evil 8 time-limited demo and how we've all been saying the big lady's name wrong. Um, Amazon apparently have reportedly canned their Lord of the Rings MMO, which uh, says a lot for Lumberyard. Uh, and then the Days Gone sequel and other Sony titles getting canned to focus on only first-line titles. Uh, and then we might follow up with some 20 questions if we have the time. So, Ollie, what have you been playing? Hey, uh, so what have I been playing? Um, well, actually, you know what? Let's talk about what I've been watching, because I think that's, a, that's a, uh, what I can talk about more. Um, so I watched... Rewatched the Matrix uh, again Ooh, uh, last week. Choice. Yeah, it's still. I think the Matrix is easily one of my favorite films, or is like my favorite film of all time. And it's also kind of telling, like rewatching it. It's like I watched the film, and it really shows like how much it's influenced me uh, as a person in terms of like everything I like. Because obviously, I watched it when I was quite young. Um, but yeah, uh, it would explain a lot about me why I'm into like these kinds of like cyberpunky or like you know like. Um, thought-provoking plots, but also, like, edgy trench coats and black suits and sunglasses and guns and all that other great stuff and the character yeah. that every nerd wanted to be in the 90s yeah basically right yeah so 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 like i'm a, apparently now i'm a 90s kid through and through uh, as i can see from watching the matrix but um yeah it was good and i'm now planning to watch the next uh, watch matrix reloaded and um what's the last one called revelations i haven't seen revelations in so long i know reloaded is my favorite for action scenes because it has like the really good action scenes in it but i also want to replay um enter the matrix on ps2 i want to go back and play it because i remember playing it as a kid and doing the hacky mini that i my friend uh had it i never had a ps2 so i had to go to my friend's house to play it i remember playing the hacking mini game and he was always surprised because i somehow managed to like know how it worked and like actually figured it out and it actually made me feel like an actual hacker but then i never actually really played the actual game the game game part of it so i kind of want to go back and play it um i heard it's not great but it's not yeah, I, I, I think it'll be fun. From many many years ago, yeah, it wasn't great. I love playing janky games though, so I think it's gonna be yeah, fun sure. to go, go back through and uh, play that. Um, what else did I watch? Oh, I watched um, Captain America and the Winter Soldier for the first time. Um, Are you enjoying it? Yeah, it was really good. It was a really good film. I didn't realize, but um, that film is not really a superhero film. It's just kind of like a action, like it's like action, like John Wick kind of film. I guess near the end it gets a little bit more bomb- bombastic, but you know, like yeah. there's all the scenes where there's like a lot of like martial arts, like fight, just hand to hand combat scenes and just shooting really? like guns. You like. said you said movie and not the TV series. For some reason, I thought you meant the TV series. Oh no, like, no, no, no. I, like, oh, movie. Okay. No, no, no. I haven't. I, I, oh. So I haven't actually sat down and watched a Falcon and the Winter Soldier yet. But the you know this is giving me context for that because I've never actually seen. Um, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, so I didn't really know who 
Winter Soldier was as a character, or who Falcon was as a character, but now obviously this is giving me more, more context for those things, and uh, yeah, it's been really good. Um, I really enjoyed oh, that cool. film. I didn't think yeah, I would. Like, but... It's like a like a bro adventure, but with meaning and impact, and it's quite heavy as well. Like there's some of the stuff that if I'm trying to remember Falcon and the Winter uh, again, I've got the TV series in my head. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember like the storyline. G- give me a brief overview of the storyline again, because I'm trying to remember it. So this is set after the events of um, the first Avengers film. Um, okay, and then. You know, it's Captain America, and he's obviously now in modern day, so it's about him basically adapting to being in modern day, and also working for S.H.I.E.L.D., oh, yeah. and also there's the whole plot under the, you know, under the hood that basically Hydra has, like, essentially infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, from, like, Dr. Zola being, you know, I don't, well, I mean, you know what, this film's quite old, I can talk about spoilers. Anyway, yeah, Dr. Zola... Ten years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Do- Dr. Zola, basically, basically, they, Dr. Zola got hired by S.H.I.E.L.D. to, um, you know, do some sketchy German engineering shit for them uh, and then eventually made himself into an AI but then basically was like oh but I've actually been like basically creating Hydra the whole time and has basically the idea of Hydra has lived on through Dr. Zola and he's like spread it to lots of people so S.H.I.E.L.D. is essentially part Hydra and then they have this plot where they're trying to create these like three heli carriers that will fly in the sky and basically you know, initially S.H.I.E.L.D. are like oh they will act as yes. a defense yes. mechanism and like oh you know we'll be able to identify targets and just like immediately shoot them over long range kind of yeah. thing you know like effectively it's like a worldwide global defense mechanism that's actually really oppressive. Yes, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like it's yeah. like drone, like a drone system, but like for the whole globe, essentially. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then obviously they're like Hydra, are like oh, we're just going to use it to indiscriminate, like discriminate and murder all the people who don't agree with our ideology and all these other things. You know, Nazism, essentially. Yeah. Um. I mean, uh, that's what Hydra is, though, isn't it? It's yes. the Insinuation that they were the Nazis. Essentially, yeah. yeah. So, um, and then you know, Captain America, like Captain America, and um. Black Widow, Falcon, and then um, what's his name? Nick Fury. Obviously, like, uh, no, that's bad. Uh, so then they stop them. Uh, and but then also the Winter Soldier, who's uh, basically like a Hydra agent, um, is turns out to be Bucky, who is um, Captain America's like sort of like, best friend. Yeah, his best friend, right? Yeah. Uh, and then it's about like oh, you know, there's a the weird like psychological stuff to do with like here, you know, like oh, Bucky remembering who Captain America is and all this other stuff. But I guess it plays into that more in like the future films, which is also weird because like I've seen uh, Captain America: Civil War, but I hadn't seen this film. So like that's why when I watched Civil War, I was a bit like, this is really wow. confusing. Like <laughs> I don't really know what the hell's going. On. Like you know, I, I was missing a lot of context essentially of what was going on. Uh, but yeah makes sense now, I guess. But, yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, I'm good. Uh, what else have I been playing? I've been playing um, Puyo Puyo Tetris 2. Great uh, game. Yeah, just, you yeah. know, as I've been going out and about in London, instead of playing Monster Hunter on the tube, I've been playing um, Puyo Puyo Tetris. I don't know, I think it's just, like, bite-sized chunks. Yeah, yeah, just, like, bite-sized chunks. And uh, has a lot of, you know, inputs, and I like games which let me just do lots of inputs, so yeah, like play quickly. So That that game drew my attention because of a, a very different well, the, the, a, a similar clone but a game that I didn't realise that was related it was a game called Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine Oh hell yeah! Megadrive. Yeah, I love that. I loved that game, like I played it so much Yeah. Um, and I didn't realise that it was the it was the exact same game and that, until it came out on the Switch, mm-hmm. and I was like why do I recognise this game? I, I'm sure I played this yeah. I obviously I looked into it and I was like oh, okay, so it's a clone Yeah, it's just mean, um, yeah, it's just mean Bean yeah. Machine <laughs> like, But it was great, I I'm yeah, super it's... happy to have it on the Switch now. Yeah, it's a great game. Um, mm. what else have I, been... I mean, obviously the usual League of Legends, Tekken. Uh... Oh, satis... so the new Satisfactory update came out recently, update four. Um, so okay. I delved into that a little bit. I haven't got very far because I've had sit, sat down and replayed a lot of it. But um, yeah, you know. how would you rate it? Like, if you were to use a word to rate this game, how would you rate it? I would rate it. Sat no uh, extra yeah <laughs> no uh, I mean that, ga- that that game is that game is ten out of ten if you're into like automation and factory games I think it's like one of the best uh it's less intense than Factorio because but obviously can arguably be more complicated because it's 3D so you have a whole other dimension to create spaghetti with um but you know it it breaks up the monotony of automating systems and stuff like that by adding you know like exploration movement mechanics uh you know like dashing around they have, have like your know, jump pads and now they have zip lines and drones wow. and all this other stuff yeah so it's it's really fun like and also playing it with friends is also a blast so i'd 
highly recommend it if you want. Like, I mean, you said you've been playing Stardew Valley, right? And then you're yes. getting to the point where you're automating your farming systems, right? Yeah, like, but we're, we're playing it entirely co-op. Yes, exactly, right. So, yeah, yeah. So, 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 like, Satisfactory is basically that, but if you basically took out more of, like, the sort of... Um, I guess it's a, a bigger emphasis on the automation systems, but like, and, and let's focus on like sort of like the town element. I guess yeah, there's no town element, but there is like exploration and a little bit of light combat and um, you know, just really nice visuals and moving around and you know, the, I I really like Coffee Stain as well as a, as a studio. Um, they are, they publish a lot of indie games as well, but like as devs as well, I really like all their dev blogs and uh, the kind of culture and vibe they have, and you can definitely see it come. You know, you can tell that this game, even though it's quite a serious game, you can tell they were also the developers of like Goat Simulator. Uh, you know, there's like a lot of like really dumb memes in the game, which are great. Like, uh, there's a, there's a mode where like because um, there's like spiders in the game, and if people are scared of spiders, you turn on arachnophobe mode, which converts all of the spiders to 2D sprites of cats. That just run right, at you, okay. which are arguably scarier than the spiders. I'm not so, sure which I prefer there. <laughs> yeah. So you just see this 2D sprite of a cat just like scuttling towards you, and I think that's scarier to me than like a spider. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think the game's great. Uh, I highly recommend it if anyone is looking for like an automation game. So a game to lose hundreds of hours into, uh, and just, you know, it's a great like you put on a podcast or like a TV show and you play that while you're like sort of like automating your factory, essentially. Yeah. It's really good. What have you oh. been up to? What have you been watching? What have you been playing, Clark? Uh, so I started watching Stranger Things again from episode one, mm. and I'm near the end of season one already. And, and again, I mean, it, obviously it's unchanging because it's a timeless classic. Yeah. And I, I just forget just how much effort those actors put into season one. Mm. Like the characters were so strong, and like watching Will Byers' mum, so the character is played by Winona Ryder, mm. uh, just watching her just break down constantly and being like, "I'm right. I know I'm insane, but I'm right." And it's like, okay cool and then obviously you see that she is right and she's seeing the other side or the upside down sorry and she's seeing the um god what's it called the the, the beast what's the monster called in strange things um, demogorgon demogorgon okay and that she's obviously seen the demogorgon but no one believes it and then everyone starts to see it and you're like yes good job uh mrs byers you've done well mm. uh i've been enjoying that so um blasting through that um I've been playing a little bit of Pokemon Sword and Shield again, because I'm actually getting back into the raiding in that, but that's neither here nor there. It's just I'm looking for shinies. Mm. Uh, I finished Monster Hunter. Killed the final boss. The oh, you did final it. Boss. Congrats. Uh, thank you. It's a very, very rewarding game, that is. Mm. But immediately, as soon as the final boss dies, I was like, there's no more reason for me to play this. And I was like, done. Yep. Sounds and I don't right. know why, because the whole point of Monster Hunter is to keep killing more, to kill harder things, but... It just it feels like such a f finale that I'm like okay I'm done with this now I don't need to keep playing this anymore. Um, and what else have I been have I been playing? Bit of Overwatch again because I always am. Um, Stardew Valley we played a bit of. Oh, we actually did try a game on the Epic Store which was free on the Epic Store, and it was called The World Next Door. I don't know if you've heard of this game. No, I've not heard of this. So it's a very interesting little game. It, I think it was free. Um, I mean I wouldn't have bought it because it it looked like really forgettable. And it's um, so it's like an isometric, um, sort of like an RPG, but it's not. It's, it's like a an RPG, but westernized. Mm. Uh, and you're playing as a girl who has come from planet Earth into this other planet where people are like humanoid, but they're a little bit weird looking. They've got like demon wings, or they've got horns, or whatever. And for one day every year, humans can come to this planet and enjoy a day on that planet with their friends. Huh. But both planets are connected together, and they talk to each other. But obviously, you can guess what happens. She visits the planet, and the portal shuts behind her, and she can't get back. Yeah. And it turns out if you stay on this planet for more than three days, you will die. Oh. Uh -huh. So it's it's all about building this relationship between these characters, because it's very... It has a very Life is Strange vibe. Mm. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. No, nowhere near as impactful as Life is Strange, but it has that kind of vibe. But the the reason I find it really interesting is because the combat system is super in, is super unusual. Mm. So it's not turn-based. It's an active combat system, but you do moves by matching three. But it's huh. not like it's it's not like a swipe you match three like you do on your phone. You run around a big board and you have to like put the tiles together. So you grab like you you want to make three tiles to make a fireball. You have to find three tiles on the board and 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 pick them up and move them around. Um, and it's not like you're solving puzzles. You're just panicking and trying to run away from the monsters that are firing uh, abilities at you while doing your match three, match four, match five moves. What's this so game it's kind called? Of cool. It's called uh, the World Next Door. The World Next Door. Okay, that sounds really yeah. interesting. 
and um, it's it's just not and the art style is beautiful for it as well hmm. uh, so i would recommend it if you can find it or if you get it for free on the epic store which will keep popping up for free i'm sure yeah um but otherwise um the only other thing i got to do and we can talk about that well in fact we could move straight on to that because it's the next point on the list is that the Resident Evil 8 time-limited demo launched yesterday for eight hours. Ah, yes. So eight hours to try out the village version of the demo. And we, we obviously, in this one, you don't get to see the big lady because she's up in the castle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it, I mean, I was not bothered about Resident Evil 8. I am so sold on this game now. Oh, really? Like, yeah, I've gone from, like, no interest to all the interest in the world. And so I played 7, yeah. and I played about an hour of it and couldn't get through it. I, I didn't like it. It didn't connect with me. I just didn't feel like I was doing anything point of a, that had a point, so I gave up on it. I played six. I played five. I played four. Uh, none of them interested me, and I, I felt like I'm kind of done with Resident Evil now. Like I'm interested in what's going on in the world. Don't really care about playing it. So I pushed Resident Evil off, and I was thinking the same of this one. It is amazing. Like it is so good. Wow. <laughs> the, the way they tell the story and the way they introduce the characters and stuff is really unique. Um, it's very impactful. Like the, the, the demo is 30 minutes time restricted, so you get 30 minutes to play no matter how far you get, mm-hmm. and after 30 minutes you can never play it again. Huh. So it like marks on your Sony account and you're done. Like you, you literally can't log in and then you just get to watch the, the promo trailer over and over again. And so, I mean, very minor spoilers, I will try to avoid the storyline of the demo, uh, but the, prog- the progress is that you appear in this village, with you can see the castle in the distance, and you get given an objective to, um, you have to find out what's going on because no one's really helping you. Typical Resident Evil storyline, you're in a place that you don't really know what's going on, wandering around, and there's, and eventually you start seeing these like zombie men. Mm. Um, you find some survivors, you kind of learn their story a bit, and then things get super heavy, super quick. Um, and it's just great. Like the, the, the crafting mechanics are really interesting. The, the, so it's all first person. But it's done in like a, like a walking simulator style of first person. So it's quite slow and you can dash and stuff, but you're, you're mainly walking about in this beautiful little snowy village. And I, I just loved it. Like, I couldn't put it down. Really, really, really excited for it. And then the second half of the time-limited demo comes out this week, and that will be the castle part of it. Right, okay. But I might skip that because I feel like this part already spoiled quite a big chunk. So I'd rather just go into the game Blind. with a little bit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, so that, that's taken up my week. But one thing that we've learned this week, and it's kind of taken the internet by storm, is that the big lady has a name, Lady Dimistriku. Yes. Apparently we've all been pronouncing it completely wrong. Oh, really? So, on the Sony stream last week where they announced the full game and, and all the bits and pieces that were coming with the pre-order bonuses and whatever. Yes. Um, the woman who was doing the announcement said Lady Dimitrice. And everyone was like, well, that's not her name. She's now released a video explaining that she's been uh, coached by voice coaches at Sony on how to say this name, because it's like a, a, I think it's either Greek or Armenian, they said. Hmm. And you don't pronounce the, the the last part of the name. It's silent. Right. So like, the whole internet now is like, what the fuck? And it's like that whole GIF-GIF argument. Yes. People are like, we don't care if the creator says it, this is what we say. So wait, what what, what did the creator say it was? Dimitrice. Lady Dimitrice. Dimitrice. I mean, that's but a it's much Dimitriscu. Yeah, I mean, Dimitrice is a much nicer way to pronounce the name. I'm sure I'm probably bastardizing the pronunciation because it's probably some yeah some kind of accent required right yeah. to actually pronounce it. But um, yeah, I mean, that's cool that at least you know that. I mean, if the creators are saying that that's how the thing should be said, that that's the character's name, then obviously canonically that is the character's name. If people want to name their character. You know, name the character Dimitriscu or Big Booba Lady, then sure. I mean, that's that's fine. As long as you're not saying that that is the official name, right? You know. So I feel like we're going to start hearing that name in the game as well. Mm. Yeah, when we exactly. hear it in the game, that's the one that's going to make people go, okay, that's how you say it. Yes, exactly. So like, right, yeah. To me, this is Aerith Aerith from Final Fantasy VII. Ah, yes. So when I was young, I played the European version and she was Aerith. She's always heiress to me. She will always be heiress. And every time I hear someone say Aerith, I'm like, you weeb, shut up. And now it turns <laughs> out that's the actual canonic name. Like, that's the one. Aerith is the one that you're supposed to say. Yes. But I still call her Aerith because I, I refuse to change and I'm stuck in my ways. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was something interesting this week. Because obviously the last few weeks we've not really had any gaming news. And then this week I feel like there's been quite a few things happening. There, there was the other news in the... So they did a Resident Evil sort of like... Is it for the 35th anniversary or something? It was like an anniversary stream. That's why they were revealing all of the yep. Resident Evil 8 stuff. Okay. So apparently, this is what interested me. Okay. As a huge Resident Evil 4 fan. 
okay? They announced that they are releasing Resident Evil 4 in VR yep. for yep. the Oculus uh, Quest 2. Only right? for the Quest Only 2. for the Quest 2, which sucks, because Only. obviously I don't, yep. I, I don't have a Quest 2, I have an Index, but like... And I've got a Rift S. I have already played Res- Resident Evil 4, I think, five different times now. I've played it on GameCube, I played it emulated on PS2, I played it on Switch, I played it on Wii, and I think there's one other thing I have not played it on. Oh, sorry, I have played it on. Either way, I love that game, right? And now you're selling it to me in VR? I'm like, man, I kind of I kind of want to play it again in VR, you know? I'm, I'm inter- interested to see how the knife mechanic mechanics work. But... I never played 4. Oh, I think 4 is so I... good, man. I think I played it. It's just been so forgettable that I, I, I must have played like an hour of it and then just went, meh, don't care about this. Uh, I mean, Would you say it's worth going back to? I think it's the best Resident Evil game, personally. But that's wow, the one. That's, praise. that's the one that like has. That's the one that I've played probably the most. Isn't like you know, in terms of other. Res- I mean, I've played Resident Evil One. I played on DS for the f- and that was my my first experience with it, and I never finished it. I got pretty far. Um, I don't. I didn't play Resident. Evil. You know what? Actually, now saying this, you know the remakes are out, like Resident Evil Two remake and uh, the original Resident Evil remake. They might be better than four, but the only ones I've played are like four and five. Five, I would say, is like a fun co-op like action game. Four is genuinely like a good action game, but also has a lot of tension and horror in it. Um, that might be my nostalgia peaking from when I played it when I was a kid, but like I think Resident Evil Four is a great game, and also it you know from a game developer and game design perspective, it's also the game that kind of popularized the, like a lot of third person shooter mechanics. Like uh, Gears of War, for example, was uh, inspired by Resident Evil Four. You know, so from that from that sense, you know the tank controls and all of these other things. Like, and also I'm someone who really likes janky controls and like you know limitations and stuff like that. So, yeah, Resident Evil Four has a lot of limitations, and working around those limitations is really fascinating to me, and I love it. Also, it has a Tetris inventory system, which I love as well. Tetris inventory system, as in like you have to fill the blocks. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it was the game. I think that kind of like well, it, I don't think it popularized it, but it was definitely. Uh, a big part of the game. Like a, lo- a lot of people would always complain about it being like, I can't fit all these items in my inventory because I don't have the space because, you know, you have to actually like, Matt, you actually have to like Tetris the items around. Uh, right, okay. and, stuff. and I love it. I absolutely love Tetris inventory systems. The only thing I wish is that these Tetris inventory systems used more complex shapes that weren't just blocks. You know, like you have like an S shape or something like that, right? You know, that you actually get. Oh, so you have to like slot stuff in and whatever. Yeah, exactly, right. So, yeah. so then you're actually triggering like you know more of like the puzzle game elements of those things. But yeah, I mean, like a lot of people find it really tedious and boring, but well, I kind of love it. So, if Resident Evil Four is one of your favorite games, I would highly recommend that you check out the Itchy Tasty podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, 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 strange plug. But Itchy Tasty podcast episode six is literally about Resident Evil Four, and the reason I'm pointing you towards it. It's because it goes in depth as to a lot of the things that this game spawned. Mm. So they talk about how, obviously, it's it's the reason a lot of the first-person shooting mechanics exist today. Yes. They also talk about um, how it spawned different games. Yeah. So there was like different versions of Resident Evil 4 that turned into like Devil May Cry, or um, I can't even name another game now to think to, for the life of me. But there was these. There was like a fog version of the game. There was a Hookman version of the game, a hallucination version, and then the final version, which is the one that we got. And all of these different games became other games. Oh, wow. Well, because go. these were things that they showed at, like, E3 and the big game shows. And then they obviously did, like, surveys and stuff into what was good and what wasn't. People gave responses, and then they changed the game. Mm. But they still took those games and turned them into other things, specifically Devil May Cry. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so check out the Itch Tasty Podcast Episode 6. I, I, would, I would recommend giving it a listen. Cause yeah, sounds cool. Even though it's my brother, um, and I'm kind of, you know, shouting him out a little bit here. Um, it's very good. Like he does a really good job of researching it, and it's it's interesting to listen to. So I would recommend. Yeah, that sounds cool. Any of our listeners as well. Uh, I got very excited this week because we had a listener that wasn't one of my friends reach out and give me feedback on Discord. Oh wow! The guy, the guy, guy or girl, I'm, I'm not sure. In fact, not to gender anyone. Um, they reached out to me on Discord and they gave me some feedback about the sound quality. So to the person who did that, I'm not going to name you because obviously you might want to be anonymous. Thank you for the feedback. It's really appreciated. And please do send us an email uh, at the Sunfire Tavern at gmail.com uh, if you want to give us any feedback or if you want us to read stuff out on air. It's always really appreciated. Is it the, um, is it the Sunfire Tavern or no, is it just Sunfire Tavern? So it is. It is. And after I say stop, that's where the email starts. It is stop Sunfire Tavern at gmail.com. Okay. 
And I think we'll put it in the description of the the podcast this week as well. So people, because people may, I'm, I'm assuming we're getting millions of fan mails. And oh, of course. Not getting yeah, there, people are putting it at the start. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so um, I'm, I might actually give Resident Evil 4 a try, and I, I might report back to you when I've given that one a go. Great game. Um, it's also is there on... a system that you would recommend me playing it on? Uh, it's on, like, every platform, so just play on whatever's most convenient to you. In fact, I mean, you could probably just emulate it since you're already emulating it. But if you wanted to play it on the Tube or something, you play it on Switch. The Switch version's pretty good. Um, oh, it's on Switch? Yeah, it's on Switch, yeah. So I played is it on PS4? Uh, Why is it on I... <clears throat> Is it on PS4? I would be surprised if it was not on PS4. Um, it's on PS4 and it's currently in sale for £6. Well, there you go. Perfect. There uh, we go. Well, I've just bought that, so we're on the fun. Um, there we go. Yeah, great game. Um, oh, man. I could talk about all of the different parts of Resident Evil 4 and why it's great. But anyway, um, maybe when you've after you play the game, we can have a discussion next week or something like that. Or well, it's, it's not going to be this week. week I play it. It'll be a couple of weeks. So Oh, no, no, no. Um, I'm expecting you to finish I'll... it um, in the next... You should actually start now. Uh, go for the speedrun. Well, so I've been prepping to play Uncharted 4. Ah. Um, and... Obviously, with Uncharted Four, I I got that um, what five years ago. Yeah, so I'm nearly ready to play it. Like I'm nearly getting there. there. <laughs> oh, apparently I don't have enough money in my bank account. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> it's a good thing because this episode of the uh, Sunfire Tavern is sponsored. But no, we don't have a sponsor. Yeah, it's sponsored by my bank account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please put cash in my bank. Account. Oh no, I do have. Never mind. It's it's. I have this issue quite a lot whenever I buy something on a website. Uh, is that it tries to go to my French account, which doesn't exist anymore. Ah. Because uh, for uh, for for listeners, I used to live in France. I lived there for ten years, and as a result, a lot of my stuff is connected up to French bank accounts, mm. which is great for me. Uh, um. So yeah. So that the, that's um the lady Dimitri Dimitri. I don't know what I'm going to say it from now on. Dimitris, thank you. That's the lady Dimitris thing. But next up is, I love that this is happening. Um. <laughs> So Nintendo are literally suing Bowser. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a guy. I think his name's Greg Bowser. I'm gonna have to. So I did have this research, but let me just not uh, not get to be confused answer. with Doug Bowser, who is the current he, who is the current CEO of yeah of <laughs> Nintendo of America, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, oh, sorry, his name's Gary Bowser, yes. and he's the leader of a notorious Switch hacking group, which is called Team Executor. Yes. Or Executor. Yes. Um, and what he's responsible for is creation of. Uh, the chips that people can shove inside their switches that allow you to play pirated games. Also allows you to play homebrew stuff, and it effectively unblocks it from stopping you from putting whatever you want on the Switch. Right, okay. Um, obviously, Nintendo are not very happy about that. Um, what do you think about this? <laughs> well, I mean, this is you know, this is a tale, tale as old as time. You know, we've we've seen Nintendo try to crack down on these uh, pirates, you know, for different things, and especially handheld, their handheld systems, right? You know, like there was the R4 cards for the DS. There was the there was a similar one for the 3DS, I remember, and the DS Lite. And now I guess this is just the next evolution of it, which is like that these chips exist for the Nintendo Switch. But I think you know this. Um, this is also why they're trying to release a new version of Nintendo Switch, right? Because I remember when the Nintendo Switch first came out, it was using one of these. Uh, I don't know if it was in the graphics card or it was like the processor, but it had like an exploit, right? Which was well known at the time. So then people were like, oh, well, breaking over the Switch is going to be relatively, not trivial, but you know, like easy. Like they have a way in, essentially. So I, I know how they do this, and I'm not going to go into too much detail, obviously, because you don't want to be uh, discussing piracy, but apparently it's a thing that you put down in between where the Joy Con is and the side of the, where, where the Joy Con connects to the Switch. Right, okay. You put it in there, and that's how it, that's how it works. Right, okay. Which is. Interesting, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's the... um, yeah. So that's how that's done. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo has always had problems with uh, pirate, you know, homebrew and piracy and stuff like that. Uh, I remember, but I think um, them cracking down on this stuff is, you know, kind of expected. The problem, see, this is the problem with me. Like, I have an opinion on homebrew and piracy and all these other things, right? As someone who has also pirated and homebrewed many a Nintendo console before and all these other things, but you know, like. It's a shame because I think being able to homebrew and um, open up your console and install mods and all these other things, I think is like a really good thing for games in terms of like community and tools and allowing getting people to interested in these different aspects of game of like not just game development, but I guess like software development and all these other things in general. I think it's very cool, right? Like seeing some of the things that people have made through like mods and you know soft you know homebrew, like. I remember, like, the whole of... I played 
Project M, which was a mod of Super Smash Bros. Brawl, competitively for a number of years, and that was a, and the only way you could play Project M was by homebrewing your console for us in the UK anyway. Um, so we, so I got very proficient at being able to mod my Wii and my console and doing it for other people and setting it up and, um, you know, and also that like not just modding your Wii doesn't just open up those things, but then, you know, you can install lots of other stuff that helps you, like, I know I had some app on my Wii that meant that I could, like, attach it to different, uh, sort of, like, display ports and display adapters without having to, like, switch cables and, and change all the settings in the settings menu, it just did it for me automatically, and the only reason it could able, it was able to do that was because of a mod, you know, for example. So, like, yeah. um, I think even small things are, like, you know, like that are, are great. Um, that, Obviously, it becomes more of a problem when you get into piracy. Uh, piracy is bad. Obviously, you know you should game developers should be paid. For... Hang on, hang on. Well, okay, no, 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 no. Piracy is not. Well, okay. There's twofold let's, things let's, here, right? Let, let's get into a discussion about piracy. Let's All talk right. about it. I think yeah. obviously, if you're a game developer and you're someone who's making the software, and also I guess arguably you know the hardware as well, if you're the console maker, obviously you are owed some kind of compensation for your work right and, you know if someone you should pay for the things that you're going to enjoy right fully agreed yes fully agreed right that being said obviously there are circumstances and i think we've said in previous episodes of the podcast where like piracy you know like if you don't have access to it access to it you know or like accessibility is an issue um you know like you know for whatever reason you might want to try the product before you buy it you know i think it's fair enough if you go to piracy and that's okay it's just that when you event like eventually you should be able to support when you do have the income and you are in a better situation then you should support developers and support you know or like at least show some goodwill towards them right you know like tweet about their game and say that like, it's a good product or whatever you know yeah, if, if you enjoyed it given right it's like when you yeah. pay artists with uh, recognition you know yeah. because artists can use recognition as a form of money uh, I, I don't know if you know about this. There's like a conversion rate between recognition and money. Oh god, it's zero. So yes. please, if ever you're the person out there yes. that says I'm going to pay in recognition, please check yourself because that is not a good thing to do okay. to people. I, I'm not going to lie. I thought you were meme. I, I didn't. I wasn't sure if you were memeing there or not. And I was like, oh god, Clark, please don't, don't. <laughs> yes, no, so I, I can say on that one, uh, and we will. T- I want to talk a little bit about piracy. But um, so many years ago, I say many years ago, maybe six years ago, when I was uh, no. I would say seven years ago, actually. Um, when I was working in France, I worked with a team of artists uh, on the World of Warcraft, and I was trying to kick off my YouTube channel as well. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get things set up and span up, and I fell into that trap. So I, I, I asked them if they could make me a few images for my thing, and I, I assumed because my job was to ask them to make art, that me asking them to make all, more art would be fine. Like They would just do it because they were my mm-hmm. friends. I very quickly realized that that was not a not a good thing to do. I I didn't know like I I'd never um asked people for commissions. I'd never been involved in this whole world and I I was still quite new to um like this whole industry. Yeah. So to me that that didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong. I very quickly realized how wrong that was. Yeah. Um, and honestly like if anyone out there is considering spinning up a a YouTube channel or a stream or anything that requires artwork and you ask someone to do a commission for you, please pay them. Yes. Like it doesn't matter if it's a pittance or if it's a lot of money. Look at what it's worth and you think of what that's worth to you and what that's worth to your channel and please give them money because that shouldn't be an awkward thing to ask for. That should be a given. Yes. Um, and I'm quite thankful that I had the opportunity to see how stupid that was and then got to rectify it. Yeah. Being um, be, being paid for your services is something that's important, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's something that people easily forget. Yes. Um, but on, on the subject of piracy, so you raised a really good point. Um, talking about... Uh, so, so I'm in two camps on piracy. So, and anything that is available on a market right now, um, you can buy it from a store with ease, and it works on one of your systems that are readily available. I think is wrong to pirate. Okay, that that's pretty boilerplate for me, unless they don't give you the option to demo it or trial it in some way. Mm. So, traditionally, uh, and obviously, I come from a, a different era than you do. Uh, traditionally, you would go into a game shop to to demo games. That was pretty much the only way of doing it. So Final Fantasy VII, for example, is is the one that I could play in the shop. I had no idea what that game was, and after playing it, I had less idea of what it was, so the demo didn't really help. But you would literally go into a shop and say, hey, I want to buy Crash Bandicoot, uh, but I don't know if I'm going to like it. Can I try it out? And they'll literally grab a disc, put it in what what was called pods, 
uh, which are these big plastic things that you often see in like game and, and whatever and you would have a little 10 minute go on um on crash bandicoot and another one was at a store called macro which is a uk store for our american listeners it's very similar to costco um and you would go in and they would have these automated nes and snes systems set up where they were inside these big plastic orbs, and the only thing you could hold was the controller, and you would get to pay one minute of a SNES game, and then it would hit the reset button. A little plastic arm would just press the reset button wow. inside a plastic dome, so you couldn't uh, affect it. So we actually got so good at that game that we, we could do like the first two and a half levels bef- before it would reset, so within a minute. That's pretty cool. Uh, and and that, that's how we used to get demos. So as far as I'm concerned, um, if you want to pirate a game just to demo it i'm okay with that because you're not hurting anyone yes you are contributing to piracy which is contributing to the copy and paste of uh you know paid media which is a bad thing but if your intention is to either delete or buy and you do one of those two things you're fine you've not done anything wrong if however you then continue to play the game and still enjoy it or even if you don't enjoy it and you play it for hours and hours and hours you've stolen that game from the developer from the team that made it and i don't think that's fair would you agree that you think that's fair um, hmm. and please do argue like if, I think if you it, don't agree with what I'm saying I think it's kind of like a, it's going to be a very contextual thing like I don't think it's going to be like none of these situations are going to be as black and white because it's always going to be dependent on what your personal financial situation and what your personal situation is right like for example you know if you have a lot of in, if you have a lot of disposable income and you also have a lot of you know you already buy a lot of games you already own a lot of video games, you know, uh, you have a job, etc, etc, et then obviously, you know, if you're just torrenting some random indie game, like, against the, dev- like, you know, you're torrenting some random indie game, and then you play it for loads of hours, and then you never pay for it, that's kind of scummy to me. Um, but, you know, for example, if you're, you know, very young, maybe your parents aren't giving you money, you know, like, you, you can't really have parents, you know, if you don't have a way to get the game, like, you know, for example, some people don't have the privilege of having parents who would pay for them to buy video games, you know, kind of thing. Um, then, uh, you know, like, the situation's more acceptable, right? Or at least it's, like, a little bit more like, okay, I can understand why you would pirate these games in order to try them and play them, and then maybe, when, you know, obviously then you can grow, you can, at least if you can build an appreciation for that when you're older or in a different circumstance, then you can at least pay for these things, right? You know, I can only speak from my experience as a, as a kid who, well, I used to pirate a lot of games, I used to pirate a lot of games. You know, kids did. Yeah, I used to pirate a lot of games. Also, it was a different market back then. You know, like Steam, you didn't have, you know, you didn't have, you didn't have Steam. Or when Steam came out, you couldn't do the thing where you bought a game and then refunded it, right? For example, and obviously now, as someone who also works as a game dev in the industry, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that you know, pirating is something that is a lot of people have done, right? And that it's always going to be dependent on your circumstances. But as long as like eventually you and different people can have different stances on this. Like you know, like some people would be like, of course, piracy is bad. It's actually illegal. Pay for everything, right? Whereas I guess for me, it's more like, is it in your current circumstances? Is it you know something that is uh, not what's appropriate, right? I guess appropriate is the right word, but basically, it's it's always going to be down to your 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 personal circumstances, right? So, um, yeah, to give a very long-winded answer to whether I think piracy is acceptable or not, but hey, if you're an adult with a job and you're already paying for other services like Netflix and stuff like that, do not pirate your games. Please pay for them, you know, kind of thing. Like, uh, I don't, I think that's kind of unacceptable in my opinion. But yeah. Okay, so that's, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, it's just because we've had a lot of conversations recently about piracy, and uh, some people have got very upset about it. Um, like, I, I can understand why people get upset about piracy because it's a spiky subject. Uh, but at the same time, like, it, it's interesting to keep having these conversations because speci- specifically now that we're starting to see games. Uh, get taken off the markets and the marketplaces are closing down. Mm. Uh, like the Vita and the PS3 store is uh, disappearing. Like n- now is the time to talk about piracy again because, I, as you know, I've been playing my 3DS emulator. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I will be clear. I do own all of those. Well, all of, apart from one now, all of those games on physical medium. So I have bought them. It's just mm. I'm playing them at a higher resolution because you know they look cool, um, which I'm okay with. I'm okay with doing that because no one's getting hurt. But um, please pay your uh, like, please pay for your mediums if you buy. Me- play for your mediums. Yeah. Pay for your media is what and, I'm going to say. And another thing I'm going to note here is that uh, as some, uh, I'm going to make. I'm going to say like for example, you know, 
make sure that the money is going to the developers if possible right you know for example if you're buying like a second-hand copy of a game off of like ebay or something like that then obviously the developer is not getting a cut of that money and you know legally it means that you own the game sure right but then like in my cases with piracy if you're supporting the developer that's the most important part like the original creator of the work right you know if you're just buying you know so i would for example for me arguably i would say like you know if you're justifying your piracy by saying and then going like oh well i'll, I'll buy the uh, you know buy this game secondhand off of a, a shop or whatever you know just just pirate the game like you're just giving some rant you're just giving you know the developers not receiving any cut of that money right that's just kind of your own personal kind of justification of it you get what i mean um so yeah like you know, find a way to support the developer if they still exist. You know, obviously a lot of these older games, these these companies and these developers are not going to exist, right? But, you know, uh, yeah. I guess that's my personal take on these things, of being like, please well, it, support it, it's a devs. You know? Yeah, it's a subject that you can talk about at length for quite a long time, because it's quite a spiky subject. Mm. Um, but moving on from that, so... Yeah. Uh, I mean, we were talking about Nintendo suing Bowser, uh, which I just think is brilliant because I bet someone in Nintendo's uh, PR were just like, yes. yeah, we're doing that, we're going to yep. sue them, that's, that's great. Um, but after that, we've got that the, the the announcement this week is, is like a leak that the Amazon Lord of the Rings um, MMO has been canned. Ah, uh, yes. Which is a game that's been in development now for, I think, I want to say six or seven years. It's been a while. Uh, it's been a while, and uh, what it seems to be happening is there are quite a few games that are hotly anticipated with the Amazon Lumberyard uh, platform yes. that are being pulled back or cancelled. Talk about that yet, so I'll keep that quiet. Um, but there are games out there that are no longer on Lumberyard. They've moved over to um, like Unreal or Unity or whatever. Um, so like, what do you think about this? Like the, the, mm. the, the Lord of the Rings, were you looking forward to it? No, so so honestly, I mean, I'm not a huge MMO player to start with, but you know, I think the tech is always interesting, you know, and also MMOs as a concept, I think is something that really fascinates me. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess it's a shame uh, that this game got cancelled, and that you know, I guess Amazon is basically not seeing a return on uh, their investment into these game studio things, which is a shame. Yeah, I know there's the other Lumberyard MMO that's coming out or something, or it's still in development. It's called like New World or something. Great. I don't, uh, know, I don't know what it's called. Yeah, I think it's called New World. I think you're right. Yeah, and I heard interesting things about that. I don't know if people were like, it's like the next huge thing, or if they were just like, yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty serviceable. Seems pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, you know. it, it just didn't really do anything, though. It was just like, okay. Yeah. Right. I, I think, you know, I guess uh, I guess this is not specific to the you know the Lord of the Rings MMO. I'm sure there's a lot of people who love Lord of the Rings and probably really gutted by this, right? You know, like... Is there? There already is. A, there was Lord of the Rings Online, right? That was like. Uh, yeah. Is that dead now? I think so. Yes. Yeah. So I guess that's a shame. For I'm sure there's probably people who are looking forward to being back in the Lord of the Rings universe in an MMO fashion. I don't know if there's anything out there already that you know, uh, gives that. But um, in terms of like, right now, in terms of MMO tech, like. It seems like there's a lot of MMOs that, or like MMO likes that are in development, like these massively multiplayer games. You know, uh, Improbable is. I don't know if you know about Spatial OS or their tech behind it. No, uh, so, it. so Spatial OS is a tech that was basically designed for MMOs to help with persistent worlds. Um, and there's a lot of games that are using Spatial OS or Spatial OS 2 or whatever it's called. Um, you know, one of them, for example, is Scavengers. I don't know if you've heard of this game. Uh, it was in they did like an open beta recently. Um, but yeah, there's the, the you know for me it's weird because there's a lot of these MMO games that are in development. You know, we're using different tech. You know, different engines like Lumberyard, uh, using tech like Spatial OS and all these other things. But none of them are out. They've just been in development. Like a very, very, very long time. I understand that MMOs take MMOs take a long time to make, but it's also like you know, you have to release like, at some point. You got to release at some point, right? I yeah. mean, I mean, like, and also there's all these other projects, you know, like Star Citizen, for example, is supposed to be an MMO, right? And that game's been in development for like God knows how long and had so much Ten money years. funded, yeah. And it's like, yep. it doesn't exist. Yeah, will these games ever actually come out? Like, how old am I gonna? You know, I'm 27 right now. You know, how old am I gonna be when Star Citizen My is age. like? released yeah like 10 years you know hey well 
Nothing wrong with no. that. Hey, I'm not saying there's no, anything no. wrong with that. I'm just saying it's going to be 10 years. It's going to be a long time, right? Nothing, be a long time. There's nothing wrong the with being 37. changed. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being 37. But, you know, like, uh, maybe we'll all be playing... Hmm? So while you've been talking, I've been sitting here fiddling with a padlock, uh, because, you know, I do. And it's one of those combination locks with the four dials on it. Yes. I've, ma I've managed to change the combination and not realize what I changed it to. And now I can't <laughs> open it. <laughs> And now I've got my finger stuck in it. Well, so you know, on the topic of MMOs, maybe you need to spec into your lockpicking skill. You know, well, my uh, now, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do here. I may have to put, get some soap in a bit. Cause I'm this sorry. Is did you just say your finger is stuck in? My it? finger is stuck in the padlock. Yes, I've got my finger stuck in it. Well, excellent. Uh, yeah, we're doing very well. Um, <laughs> so we're doing very well on the team fight. I've managed to get my finger stuck in a padlock. But yeah, it's really sad to hear that all the rings MMO got canned. Um, I was kind of hoping for it to come out because it would have been interesting to see what they did with that franchise. Uh, I, I'm not sure if the world still needs more Lord of the Rings. Like, are we done with it now? Um, it, it feels like it was something very popular 10 years ago, 15 years ago maybe, and it sort of gradually declined in popularity over that time. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. I mean, there was other sort of like medieval uh, fantasy settings that kind of overtook the zeitgeist, right? So, you know, like uh, Game of Thrones and stuff like that. You know, I'm 100% sure if Game of Thrones, the last season of Game of Thrones wasn't a travesty, we probably would have seen some more announcements towards, like, a Game of Thrones MMO and all these other things, right? Yeah. But yeah, I think just that last season literally burned everything that they had worked up to into the ground. Yeah, I got to the Red Wedding and then I stopped because I got bored of it. Mm. Um, I probably should watch more of it, but I just found it just became a walking simulator after a while. It was just people walking and talking a lot. That's, that's, um, that's, that's the character development clock. I'm sorry, that was the character that's development. The juicy, of course it was. That's the juicy part. No, I mean, I'm joking. But, you know, I, I mean, yeah. So bored. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair enough. It's very slow. But I think a lot of people liked that. But, yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Um, have you... Then, what, what, okay. Uh, I have a question for you, Clark. On the topic of MMOs now. while we're here. What is an MMO... What's the MMO you've put the most time into? Um, it's a hard question because well, it's, it's between two of them. Modern Warcraft, um, I guess, is obviously Modern Warcraft. Well, World of Warcraft is the close second, but I think it would have been Final Fantasy XI. Really? Which was about six years of my life. Wow. Fair enough. Yep. yep. What about you? Uh, I'm assuming Black Desert. I mean, no, I mean, I've not really played in them. I guess, hmm. I mean, I've played, like, what, 20 hours of Final Fantasy fourteen while it was on... It was like a trial or something. Uh, on trial, it's always on trial. You can yeah. play it up to like level thirty-five, I think, or twenty-five. I mean, Genshin Impact doesn't count as an MMO, so uh, I guess RuneScape. <laughs> I guess I played a lot. Of, I played a lot of RuneScape when I was young, very young. I basically uh, role played as a mining bot uh, and just did one route. And I say role played as in like I did it myself because that's all I knew how to do in the game because I was like eight. I just uh, went to the mines, mined with a bunch of pickaxes, forged some bronze weapons, sold them, and then just did that for like eight hours a day. And I was like, this is the greatest video game experience of all time. So, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's my experience with MMOs. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really invested that much time in, into them before, because I guess if I was to play an MMO, maybe it would be something like Black Desert or something with like like high, like I guess Final Fantasy fourteen is pretty cool when you get to like the higher levels and you see like people doing all the dodging stuff. Wait, it's great. actually, does Destiny two count as an MMO? Uh, yeah, I would count that as an MMO. All right, then that's the MMO I've played probably the most. Yeah, yeah, I played I I played that to the raid and did the raid and I was like, this is great. I just wish I didn't have to invest forty hours to get to this point, <laughs> and I could just do the raid. But yeah, it was good. Like we we played a ton of Destiny two. So um, obviously it was a uh, under the Blizzard and Activision banner for a long time. So we got it for free. Yes. Um, and we we all just sort of like trickled into it, just going, mm, this might be good, this might be crap. Um, and it turned out it was really really good. We loved it. I became a raid leader because I've got a big mouth and I'm really good at organising people. Mm -hmm. uh, and we did like the first major raids as a group, and it was it was a really good like team building exercise because it was people I worked with, yeah, um, as well as my friends, and we we just super enjoyed it. And it was the content that was all based around uh, like the big fat dude and the yes. all the gold and all that stuff. I have like, uh, I, I can't remember what it was called, but um, we did all that raid, and it, it was amazing. Um, I really enjoyed it. Callus? Uh, Callus, that's it. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I did all that, so that was kind of fun. Um, but I kind of churned off it quite quickly. Yeah, I finished like, the raid we, and then stopped. Yeah, that, that was what we did. 
Um, but yes, that was cool. And then I, I guess we could move on because I'm, I'm just conscious of time and yes. obviously we don't have much time left. Um, this week was another announcement for the Sony Studios after they closed a few studios in the past few weeks. They announced that Days Gone will not be getting a sequel. Mm. And like some other Sony titles are also being canned uh, in lieu of focusing on the weirdest announcement ever, which was a Last of Us 1 remake. <laughs> like, we don't need a remake. It was remade a few years ago. <laughs> yep. Like, it was the PS4 version that was remade from the PS3 version, which is already a gorgeous-looking yeah, game. Yeah, it's a great game. Um, and I think the reason they're doing this is because they've also announced the Last of Us TV series, which is going to c- come out on HBO. Yeah. Um, and I think what they're going to have then is people playing or watching the TV series and then going to look at the game and realizing that the game is quite dated. When, when it isn't, it's I just think that's that their dated, worry. Though. It's not yeah. at all. It's not. But I think that's what they're thinking of. Um, and it's just a bit, it's, it's weird. Like, Sony are doing some weird stuff at the moment because Sony used to be the risk takers. They used to be the ones that, like, released these weird, fantastic games that were all nonsense and strange and turned out to be amazing. Mm. And now it just seems that they're not only playing it safe, they're playing it ultra safe. Yeah. And it, it, I, I don't know, like, how do you feel about this? Well, I don't know, man. I think the console, I mean, like, Sony and the con, and just the console generation, this console generation is really bloody weird. Right, like, you know, what's going on with it? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what's going on with it. As someone who's also kind of out of it as well, but normally you'd hear it in the zeitgeist of people talking about like PS5 and you know Xbox Series X and all these other things, but I've never not heard anyone talk anything about like PS5 or anything like that, or like games that are coming out for PS5 that are like really you know the 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 console sellers, right? The console movers. But also, I mean, why would you remake? Last of Us 1 again? Why would you not just sell Last of Us Remastered? Exactly. Like uh, it, it doesn't make much sense, but it, it seems to me that marketing has really taken hold of Jeez. of gaming, and, and it's starting to lose its its momentum now. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to do well for gaming. Like I think it's going to be a, quite a bad horizon ahead. Um, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to seeing what happens next in gaming, because we've done the whole loot box thing, which got terrifying and bad, mm. then the whole monetization thing, and then putting all the mobile mechanics into video games as well. Yeah. And now, now we're just in that space where it's like, how much worse can it get? <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, obviously, if you're doing a remake of a remake, like, well, it's clearly business, that's a business-oriented decision rather than creative-oriented decision, right? Because it's like, you know, Remastered Edition didn't come out the remaster of Last of Us 1 didn't come out that long ago. Also, like, you're you're basically just remarketing the same product. Uh, I, I mean, like, obviously, it's, like, safe. It's a safe investment because you know that the product is good. But, like, you know, it's not it's not very creative. It's nothing new. Like, you know, which is a shame. I don't know why you wouldn't just remarket and be like, oh, here's the remastered edition and it's, like, 10% off or something like that. You know, to celebrate that, like the HBO series of Last of Us is out. Or, you know, or just do, like, a, a remaster patch for the remastered edition, which is also a big question mark, but because the game already looks pretty great as it is anyway? I don't know, man. Um, it's a strange place, isn't it? Maybe, may, maybe you know, they'll show some footage of this remastered version of Last of Us 1, and it looks even better and even more amazing. Or maybe they'll just make everything look shinier, and maybe it'll be 60 FPS. You know, or they'll do, which is what people are fearing, because they they've announced who's going to be playing the main character in the series, and it's um, uh, the same guy that played the Mandalorian. Yes, uh, I forgot um, his name. He's really cool, though. I like. Yeah, him a lot. great, great um, actor, like super loved. Um, and I can't. Remember, I've, I've forgotten his name now for for the life of me. Yeah. Let me just look at his name. I, Mandalorian actor. Because he played um, what Pedro was Pascal. Pedro Pascal, this one, yeah, and he mm-hmm. play, he played um, a character in. Game of Thrones as well. Uh, I forgot. He did, yeah, he, the the guy who's like uh, not today. Yes. Um, death or whatever. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. I didn't watch much Game of Thrones. He was cool. Um, but yeah. But the worry I have, and knowing Sony, this is something that their marketing department are probably like really pushing for, is that they're going to go back and reskin the existing version of The Last of Us to have his face on Joel's face. Mm, I feel like that's going to create some controversy, unfortunately. A lot of controversy. And and there's no announcement to say that they're going to do this. There's there's no hint to say that they're going to do this. I just have a feeling. Well, they, like, redo all the voice lines and stuff as well. I mean, like, you know, fair enough if you want to do that. Uh, You know, having it as an option or, like, a a DLC, you know, for for Last of Us Remastered or something. I think that makes sense if you want to do that. Um. That could be cool, like a tie-in with like the TV series being like, oh yeah, here's the game, and here's like you know, uh, 
you can turn like when you start the game maybe it has an option being like oh if you're coming from the hbo tv series would you like to ha see you know joel played by pedro pascal or the original you know uh who is the voice actor for for joel nolan north know. that's a really good question it's it might have been north. nolan north it's nolan north i think oh wait or is nolan north drake nathan drake oh no it's um not nolan north it's the other guy who voices everyone Troy Baker. Baker, that's the one. Mm -hmm. God, I'm gonna get destroyed for that one. Um, yeah, yeah, Troy Baker. Uh, but yeah, I mean, hmm, interesting. I guess. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to think about. I hope they don't do it, and I'm I'm very excited to see the TV series because after only recently playing The Last of Us for the first time, got into it, enjoyed it. Uh, haven't played the sequel yet. I'm hoping they don't ham fist this one because it does feel like Sony are quite good at ham fisting stuff recently. Very true. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, but anyway, um, we could talk about that forever or we could move on to a little bit of trivia, which is going to be this week we're going to do 20 questions again because we've both been super lazy and not prepared any trivia for the <laughs> podcast. Let's be honest. Like, All right, let's do, a let's, let's do a quick one, one each. Okay, so... so you can start. Think of a game and I'll ask you some questions. Okay, okay, okay. Let me think. <laughs> let me think of a video game that you would also know and is kind of interesting, and also a video game that I like because if I do video games that I don't like, then what's the point of that? So that yeah, exactly right. Um, got one. Let's go. Okay, so is the video game fifteen years old or more? Like, is it more than fifteen years old? I don't think so. Okay. Is it on PS4? No. Okay. Pretty sure it's not. I mean, I'm talking like it could have been re-released or whatever yeah, I don't or available think so. on PS4. Um, is the main character male? Yes. Is the main character human? Yes. Okay. Uh, is it a leading franchise? Like, is, is it a super well-known game? I would say it's pretty well-known. Okay. I say it's like B. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is giving more information. I'd say it's like a, a B game, you know, like not not triple A, but it's like in the tier just below that, maybe double A. Double A. Double A game. It's a battery. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, hmm. Is it uh, a story-based game, or is the story like it's a, is, is it known for its story? To me personally, yes. Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> and the the what is it? The Black Knight. Oh god, that oh, was yes. awful. It's a um, fantastic game. It's not that game though. And also, that doesn't no. count as one of your questions. You've had three questions, I think. So. No, I know that doesn't count. I've not had three. I've had like eight questions so far. <laughs> yeah, you asked if it was fifteen years old, and then you asked if it was on PS4. Is it male or female? Oh yeah, okay, three. Yeah. And then you asked if it's known for its story. Yeah. That's four. Is it a, an, a big title? And you said okay. no. Okay, so five. Five questions. <laughs> Sorry. All right, I'm counting now. I'm counting now. I'm counting now. Okay. Uh, hmm. Did it did it break records when it came out? I don't think so. Okay. Probably not. Is it exclusive to a system? No. Okay. Uh, hmm. <laughs> Difficult this one. Uh, hmm. Oh god, I can't think of any more questions. Um, so you said the main character was human, um, and you don't think it's more than fifteen years old. It's uh oh oof. okay no. It, I guess it is fifteen years old. It's 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 fifteen years old. Is God. it a platformer? No. Is it a driving game? No. That's nine questions. <laughs> Eleven more. And I'm running out of genres. Yeah. Uh, is it a first-person shooter? Yes, ten. Okay. Is it Halo? No. Eleven. Damn it. I said it's uh, not a console exclusive. Halo's on PC. Oh. I mean, that's a... <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a first-person shooter. Uh, I think I might know what it is, but I don't know how I'm going to get to this question. Uh, is it part of a, um, a franchise, or is it just a one-off? Like, is it part, part of a franchise, franchise? yes. <laughs> I think we both know what I'm thinking of, then. Twelve. Well, you know. 
has it been remade or remastered in the last five years? No, that's a travesty. Are you sure it's not hidden in another game that we found out about recently? I don't know. If, I mean, I'm not going to answer. Uh, that's not going to count as one of your questions, but I have no, not heard of this. Not, anyway, go on. Is it Time Splitters? It is indeed Time Splitters, but so, which one is it? Is it Time Splitters 2? No. Time Splitters 1? No. Time Splitters 3? <laughs> yeah, but what was it called? A crash in Time? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Future Perfect. Future Perfect. Okay, uh, so yeah. anyway, uh, Time go Splitters on. 2 has just been discovered in another game. Really? Uh, which it, game? It's a, so it's it's not just a version of it; it's a HD remake of it. What? Like it, it's all upscaled and beautiful and stuff. And it's in um, I want to say one of the Metro games, but I might be wrong here. Found? No way. In another game. Yep. What? It is in Homefront. It's Homefront. Time Splitters Two. Um. Yeah, it's only just been discovered, and yeah, so. It features just a couple of classic time splitters levels, but then someone discovered that if you enter a code, you can unlock the full game. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my go. god! Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Look you this you up have to get through it. seven hours of Homefront Revolutions campaign in order to get the area where the arcade machine is, so you can enter the thing. So you have to play seven hours of a very mediocre game. To oh, get to worth, 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 worth. Yeah. I'm gonna do that, dude. Oh shit! That's <laughs> awesome. Okay, okay, I'm gonna do that. Um, all right, you give me a question. I'm very excited now. Oh, well, shit. I'm, I'm thinking of a game. I'm already thinking of a All game. All right, okay. Have you got the game? Okay, I'm going to start asking questions. All right. Okay. <laughs> I was not gonna... Sorry, I'm just... The game, Look, I'm, yes, just, I'm, just, I'm, just so, I'm just so excited about Time Splits 2. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, is the game over 15 years old? You know what? I'm going to no. reuse your question. I don't, well, I don't think so, actually. Let me okay. double check. Are we talking about, like, um, in general or... Since of today, did the game release more than 15 years ago? Um, hmm. No. Okay. Um, no, it, 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 it released more than 15 years ago is what I'm saying. It did Sorry. release more than 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, was it uh, part of the PS2 era? Uh, no. Okay, was it part of the N64 generational era? No. Was it part of the SNES era? No. This is an old-ass game, Clark. Okay. Unless... Can you hear kids screaming, by the way? Because there's kids outside my door. I can't. Okay, good, because the microphone might be picking it up. Okay, is it is it part of any era past the PS2 era? Like, was it yes. A... Okay, so it's a PS3 game. So it's not actually an old game. It Fuck. is a PS3 game, yes, Fuck. and you've now had nine questions. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? Eight, eight questions, sorry. I've been noting them down. Eight questions. Oh, I've just been putting little uh, checks. Jesus Christ. Okay. We'll, I think I might have tapped it because I got distracted by the kids. I will say seven. We'll say you've had seven all right, questions. All right. Okay, so it's a PS3 game. Okay. Um, is it a shooting game? No. Is it a driving game? No. Is it a platform exclusive? Yes. Fuck. Okay. Um... God, why do you always pick PlayStation games for your questions, Clark? Is the what I don't? I don't... Because I've got a stack of PlayStation Three games behind me, and I just looked at it and just went that that one. I hate, I hate you, man. All right, okay. Uh, so wait, what did I ask? Did I, I asked if it was a driving game or a shooting game, and it's neither of those things. Okay, is it a platformer? No. What? I think you've already asked that, though. What the hell is this game, dude? This PS Three exclusive. It's not those three genres. Uh. Is it PlayStation Battle Royale, All Stars Battle Royale? No. no. All right, I went for a shot at the top. So I will give you a clue. You asked if it was PlayStation exclusive. It was, but uh, since then it's come out on PlayStation Four and it's also come out on Switch. Oh, wow! And it might have come out on phones as well, but I might be wrong there. What? Yeah. What is this? A... I can't. I can't quote for sure, but is it's this... definitely come out on Switch recently. Is this a Japanese game? Yes. Is this an RPG? Yes. Is this part of the Near franchise? No. Is this part of the Final Fantasy franchise? No. <laughs> Is this part of the Kingdom Hearts franchise? No. I'm running out of I'm running out of PlayStation JRPG exclusives. Kingdom Hearts is also not on the Switch. I'm I'm running out of JRPG exclusives, dude. Um, 
What is a JRPG that's PlayStation exclusive? God, I have. Is it? Does it? Is the is the protagonist male? Yes. That really doesn't narrow things down, does it? Um. You just basically chosen all JRPGs there. <laughs> is it a f is it set in a fantasy universe? Half of it is, yes. What do you mean half of it is? This is my last question. Oh god. You've got two more questions by the oh, way. Oh god. Okay. Um I mean you could you could argue the whole thing is set in a fantasy world, but half of it is set in the proposed real world, half of it is set in the game's fantasy world. Is this is this a part of the Persona franchise? No. Oh, well, I'm I'm dead. I'm dead. In the but you're you're close with that kind of thinking of how how it would work mechanically. Um. Uh, is so it is it is it Catherine? No, it's not oh, Catherine. Also, not a JRPG. I mean, so let me let me give you a clue, game. and it's right. quite a heavy clue. Go on, go on, go on. The entire game storyline um, rotates around cancer, the disease. I have no idea. No idea. What what? Okay, take take a wild because you you can take one guess at the game and then I'll tell you what it is. A, tra a trauma hospital, <laughs> whatever. Nina Cooney. Oh, okay. See, I don't think I would have actually gotten that. Have you played Nina Cooney? No, I haven't played Nina. Oh, I have no idea. Just, uh, all I all I know. Such a good game. All I know is that in the second game, the main character has a gun. <laughs> that's yeah, it gets thing. weird because in the first game, the main character has a cape and he can jump a little bit, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I know. I Nino Cooney is one of those games that I've I've been me. I've I, it's on my list, my eternal list of games to play, but never played it. Okay. It's it's such uh, a great game. I apologize to all the listeners who had to listen to me just flounder <laughs> for twenty questions to try and find a game that. God damn it, Clark! <laughs> Not an easy one to guess, in fact. <laughs> <sighs> um, but I guess I mean. I guess we can go and have, uh, wrap it up there. Yes. Uh, yeah. Ollie, do you have any final thoughts before I do the closing remarks? Uh, I, I wish Clark would stop picking PlayStation games for all of his topics and questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need to get some different games behind me then, because I've got PlayStation <laughs> and Switch and a few Xbox games, and then the Lord of the Rings trilogy box set on DVD, so it's going to be one of those things next time. Ah, uh, yes, my um, favourite video game. But thank you so much, everyone, for listening to episode 28 of the Sunfire Tavern. Um... You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunfire Tavern, and you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Uh, if you want to drop us an email, please do. Uh, you can do that at stop there because I keep saying at and then the email address, but the email address is Sunfire Tavern, which is S U N F I R E T A V E R N at gmail.com. Sunfire Tavern at gmail.com. And you'll be able to check that out in the description of the podcast today as well. Um, thank you again for listening. Uh, it's goodbye from me and Ollie. Goodbye from you, I guess. Yes, it is goodbye from me as well, friends. <laughs> See you all next week. See Take you care. next week. Bye.